Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Chicken and waffle flavor saltwater taffy? Yeah, it smells like honey flavor. So, are there like other weird ones? Or is it just like there's, they, they there's only chicken had, and waffle with all these normal flavors? They only had one weird flavor, so I got a lot of the weird flavor and a little bit of his mother stuff. Wow. I, and you know there's nothing better to be chewing on during a podcast than taffy? No, I think it's... Because that, that's... Uh, it gets, yeah. I, I, they don't write on there what it is. Well, there's a, there's a key on the back that shows... Now that's, the approximate color. That's very that's kind. That's what I'm looking at. Thanks, that's, Jeff. I, you never see that. That's no. very kind. I think I grabbed cantaloupe. What's also funny, though, is... Uh, cantaloupe. No, no. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the jelly yeah. belly, the, the, the little graphic on the back that's supposed to tell you which ones are which, is not always helpful. Lucky. No? Because some of those colors are so similar, you think, oh, this one is cherry, and it winds up being like watermelon or something like that. There's that one. It's Tutti Frutti, the speckled one. Yeah. Which uh, I think is at least used to be vomit before they changed it in the uh, Harry Potter jelly beans. Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right. Uh, But the the normal color one, the normal one, Tutti Frutti, that tastes like juicy fruit, that's a great bean. Mm. That's a bean that's that's love. Welcome, folks. It is Geek Shock number, I don't know, what is it? 358. I am Master Torgo. The famous Paul. No, wait. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check, Dandy. Maple Leaf Mop. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about with the taffy. I win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, if, yeah, if you would disrupt this show, thank you, Paul. You, All you're right, fine. done. You're sitting in his seat. Yes, I am. Paul is very ill. So so I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's well enough to run a country. He doesn't have the stamina is to be that- on a podcast. Is ill the story we're going with? I we're guess we're so. not telling anybody he was running around seeing if he was uh, a big enough celebrity to grab women by the pussy. <laughs> I was wondering who was going to be the first one <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> well, well, Paul is always sick, but this time yeah. he actually has caught something. Yeah, oh, he's, dear. <laughs> he's in a bad way. I'm sure he'll be fine by next week, but he wow. needed some resting time. I thought you, you Jeff, just I thought Jeff was going with Paul is always grabbing pussy. Actually, when <laughs> no. we started that sentence. No. So, so 60% you can have of the that audience well, has turned off. 50 Sades of Grey rubs on you after mm. a while. There you go. Yeah. What's the lucky. hypocrisy of the hermit? Yeah, I, I love that that little meme. Oh, oh, oh please do explain. The women, the, you know, what's the outrage of all the women uh, to, to him t- saying the word pussy? Uh, and, you know, weren't these the women who bought the millions upon millions of copies of Fifty Shades of Grey? Isn't that book about yeah. a contract? Oh, you, you, did you see the response meme to that one? Mm-mm. Uh, it says, number one, this is a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. Number two, a majority of the uh, film is dealing with her signing contracts, consenting to all these sexual acts. Uh, <laughs> See, that's, and that's, it says, that's number thing. three, this is a this is a book. It is not running for president. Yeah, yeah. And then I can't remember the fourth one, but it was... Yeah, I think uh, you sold it, it with the pretty, first well, one. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny, too, because I've seen that the right has already, for a lot of right-wingers, created the narrative that it's not about Trump admitting that he's done that. It's... He has said mean things. And so it's like, Trump has said mean things. Look at everything Bill Clinton has done. 
Trump has said mean things, and it's just like, you're wow. It's <laughs> the the blinkers are on, and the people are just. It's amazing. So, gentlemen, what geeky things did you do this week? What you want to share? I finished the premiere episode of Westworld and the second episode of Westworld. Wow. Good show. Yeah. Complicated story if you don't pay attention. That's it. That's it. It's it. Yeah. It rewards paying attention and punishes yes. apathy. It's mm. yeah. It's also interesting because it really it's. I remember friends of mine and I decades ago we had a conversation. What are the moral implications if Jeffrey Dahmer had access to a hollow deck? Oh wow! Is he still? If all he if everything he does is only in the hollow deck, is he still sick and twisted, or is it all right? And we discussed that at length. And West, I, I like this question. Yeah, mm. well, it's funny because Westworld is. I was actually kind of surprised. Has anyone not seen the? I haven't seen I the haven't second seen episode it. yet. Oh, I haven't seen the second either. But in the first episode, right off, it it sort of establishes it because the movie, you're there. You're there to be the gunfighter. You're yeah. there to yeah. to be the good guy. The the. The um the you know yeah the they kind of they kind of glance over in the original movie that you can hero. do whatever you want right. in this thing. It just but so happens they, the people they, they follow are good. Yeah, right. They say that in in the in the original movie, but they don't. Right. They don't provide examples. Yeah. Well, this one did. This one. This one. And uh, one of the best critiques I read of it, um, I forget where I found the article. The person said, "So this is kind of like GT." A five given flesh, yeah, mm. kind of. That's good. I like that. Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> wow, and it's just the world. Well, it, well, it's also they, they were referring to Grand Theft Auto because of the sheer level of criminality oh, and, and how you're running around, running amok, and just doing stuff. Yeah, and it's know. like you, you, and this is this is has gone that extra distance, which is just That's it. A, kind of freaked me out too because yes. the watching the episode, I was sort of like. All right, we're just going to sort of, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting because when that, first, when that movie came out, video games weren't a thing. Right. Nope. Yeah. Interesting. Wow, that's right. I mean, it's like it's that whole... Ba- well, they like- were just 8-bit. I don't think they were. Because it was, I, uh, what, I think, early... I think Pong existed. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it was what, that's, early, that's what early 80s or late 70s? No, it's early 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Yule Brenner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. It wasn't. I don't think. Right. <laughs> You're right. So, but yeah, it was. It was. Just, well, it, I mean, that that the the movie and uh, discussions of video games and everything have a lot to do with the blurring of fantasy and reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it yeah, they're already setting up to really talk about the moral implications of just entertaining yourself. By uh, being going, like that one in. guy said in the first episode. Oh, last time I was here, I went two weeks full evil. Right, right, right. That's wow. two weeks of my life. Yeah, nineteen seventy-three. And I just yeah. say, uh, wow. Birth I know, year. right? To go, to go back to that question, though, the morality one. Uh, I think if they're full AI, sure. But if they're just machines, I don't know at that point. Mm-hmm. But because AI would be a life form, just a different type of life form. Yeah, he's not talking right. about the criminal impl- implications. He's well, no, I mean, I mean, moral. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. like, like it, if Dahmer I mean. had a hollow deck, is and all he he only does it in the hollow deck. Is he less twisted or less sick a human being? 
And you have to establish the difference in AI between a sentient AI and a non-sentient AI. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it goes back to the, you know, well, I mean, Measure of a Man in Next Gen Season 2 is a perfect example because they bring up those points. They're like, you know, well, what if the computer on the Enterprise refused to accept a, an upgrade or, you know, et cetera. And so they were establishing the difference between, you know, you know a practical non-sentient AI and a sentient AI in data. So And there it sits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the example of Moriarty who becomes yeah. a sentient. Right. Yeah, yeah. Se- a sentient, yeah, a sentient program yeah. within, you know, a non-sentient AI and so yeah, it's you got all kinds of craziness. So it has the potential of being just a sick and twist. Yeah. We'll see. It's it'll be interesting. Uh, th- yeah. This this is uh, the where I love my fiction in in dark explorations of morality. Mm. That's oh, when when horror goes into it, when sci-fi goes into it, mm. that's that's where I just want to shove my face in and wiggle. <laughs> yeah. well, you want to give motorboat you want to give your horror and sci-fi a motorboat? What else you do this week, gentlemen? I went to the Ren Fair. I missed it again this year. Really? Tell me yeah. about your Ren Fair. I, oh, I, I was, love the Ren Fair. I had an exhausting weekend at work, so I didn't feel like getting up early to go to Ren Fest. I think I've said this before, but I, I love our Vegas Ren Fair because we just don't give a crap about period. <laughs> <laughs> Not a, inauthentic. Yeah, I guess no, we, but yeah it's, it's a giant D&D world. It's just, oh, but I mean, you, know, it's, you got your elves, you got your treants, you got your fairies, you got your... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got you got the the wild, which are a bunch of guys that just have. I this, love the wilds. Yeah, you I, mean are, are you referring to the hodgepodge of, you know, people attending, like people that are a, taking it really seriously, a lot and of, people that are just there for fun. A lot of room fairs you go to, people are like, oh, that's not period. They wouldn't wear that they, that that, yeah. with that at that point, and it's like, like the Roman like, legionnaries. Fuck that's, you. That's what I'm saying. We don't care. Like the Roman legionnaries walking through the yeah yeah <laughs> that fine example. I always felt that I would love to go as like a a dark elf. With flash paper, and and just because I would be fully accepted as a dark elf in with flash paper wizardry, they have had. The, I don't know about the flash paper, but there was definitely a drow that used to go there for several years. Perfect. Yeah, I always love in the, like full black makeup, like black, like absolutely. charcoal black makeup. I always love the person cosplaying as Doctor Who at the Red and Fair, right? And I'm <laughs> running off to. Uh, it'd be it'd be even more awesome if he had like an actual police box tucked box tucked away, mm-hmm. like behind a tree or something in the Red and Fair. <laughs> and he just like runs over and ducks into the box, and people yep. are just like, "Did that just happen?" <laughs> I messaged you wanting to know what time you're going to go. He never got back to me. I did. Oh, I messaged you right out. back. Called out. Oh, that's why he brought the bag of candy for you. No, I really. I messaged you right. I messaged you right back saying I was. I was. Uh, I wasn't sure I was going to be over there, but and then I messaged you when I went over. Oh, that's oh, weird. I didn't get oh. it. You weren't. Get, you weren't getting. You weren't getting messages. Uh, game night. You were getting not getting messages from your boss. That's correct. Oh, something's weird. Something's weird with your phone. So I went to Frozen Fury instead, which is the hockey game that they have here every year. Oh, okay. So. Was that they, two they nights have, or was yes, it just one night? Yes, okay, Friday and Saturday. I went to both. What's because wow. I wondered about the clusterfuck of traffic on Friday. And then again on Saturday, yeah, I was so like, "Is this two nights? Is this one night?" I only saw it listed Saturday. So, what? what's special about this hockey game? That's, it's it's, two exi- nights. it's NHL exhibition, so it's preseason. Oh, okay. For the LA um, Kings, it's called Frozen Fury. So, LA Kings is the home team because we're close to Los Angeles. 
Makes perfect sense. Sure. Why not but have it in Los Angeles? It's also yeah, a way exactly. for the NHL mm-hmm. to gauge the interest locally for That's the, reason. the upcoming mm-hmm. team, that the uh, franchise that they were granted. Yeah, enough to screw so. up our traffic, so sure. Yeah. Right. And they were sold out both nights. So I, I believe it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, screw up the traffic. Step one of uh, the Raiders Stadium has uh, right. gone through. The, well, actually, oh, it did go through? Nevada step. Senate. Yeah, two it. steps because they had the uh, the tourism bureau, and now the Senate have looked at it. So the Senate has voted on it. They're so going to now it goes to assembly. Yeah. They're going to get them, probably. Yeah, I'm yeah. contractually obligated not to talk about this. So yeah. <laughs> so go back to the red fair and watch the left because this is now making me sad. Um, no, I decided I always have a good time. You know, I drank some beer. I walked around. I, I took the best picture. I love that, that, that picture. picture is good. Yeah. That picture is good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's the sun in the back curtain that flashed, but yeah. it seems like something exploded in yeah. the corner. You, you, you just want that montage music <laughs> of mm-hmm. the cool people walking away from the explosion. Yeah. It's almost like you got a little bit of smoke wafting in there mm, yeah. at just yeah. the right well, time. Well, what it is is a dust. It's so dry. Oh, it's the dust? <laughs> that's dust in the air. Well, dust does yeah. it, It's too. funny, isn't it? It's either dusty or it's drizzly, and you're freezing your ass off. Yeah. And people that are dressed up just enough. Right. <laughs> it's it's yep. great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yep. I love that meme that people have been passing around. It's a picture of Jonathan Price from Restoration when he's all done up in a coif and the hat and the whole full uh, outfit. Mm-hmm. And then it's next to it is him as the sparrow. And it says, when you start Renfair, when you end Renfair. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, I, I've been watching some pilot for new series. Pilot for new pilots series. for new series on television. Uh, Timeless. I watched. Oh, that oh one. the first episodes of the first, stuff yes. Going. Okay. Pilots I thought you like got some inside information. No, no, no. Red Pil- light, green light's working for no, you. No, no, no. Pilots. Yeah. Pilots for currently <laughs> airing new series. Uh, <laughs> Timeless uh, had a pretty good, strong first episode, so I'm very interested to see where that series goes. Okay. Because they. I don't want to spoil anything, but they broke the, you know, the standard television time travel trope of like, oh, by the end of the episode, everything that was changed gets fixed. Right. So that didn't happen by the end of the first episode. So I'm like, okay, so this is now carrying over into the second episode. How are they supposed Modern to Modern get... television not being episodic? I imagine. Know. It's mm. like, it's, it's <laughs> like, how are they going to address the fact that their support staff now is living in a completely different reality than... That they are and so forth. Well, so wow. that, that sentence alone gets yeah. me interested. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, it's very interesting. So I like that one. Uh, the new MacGyver. Good <laughs> lord! <laughs> please, uh, please do tell about new MacGyver. Oh, I'm gonna. If you take the promise of what the original series was, a really intelligent guy that that you know uses his brain to get out of situations and you know is kind of a, a pacifist. Oh, no. He's not a he's not a violent guy. And then you completely flip that upside down and turn it into a regular old buddy uh, action uh, television series. Was where... MacGyver ever a buddy show? No, it wasn't. That's the thing. MacGyver was kind of a loner. Like he Who's basically, the buddy? Uh, well, he, okay, so they have reestablished his background. He was a former army uh, munitions expert. Uh, he, like he was a, a bomb disposal okay. tech. So he was hurt locker. All uh, right. Yeah. So exactly, yeah. exactly. In fact, the very first episode, they do quick little flashbacks to him, and his buddy is a, uh, a former army ranger that watched his back while he was defusing bombs, etc. So 
Shades so of they turned they turned it into a a buddy action comedy. So you know they're always you know it seems like I've only watched the two episodes so far. I probably won't watch any more. But in these no, two episodes, it is. all it is is them, you know, caught in some situation and they're cracking jokes back and forth. And then he quickly puts together like some little bomb or something and throws it out to get the people that are chasing them. Or it just it's ISIS the TV show, right? All the little <laughs> things that made the original TV show unique and different. It's it's turned into any other old action trope. So so I this is like the new Point Break. Yeah, kind of. I do not recommend this this show at all for anybody. That's what I kind of hearing across the board. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. Well, heard it's just it's such it. it's such formulaic garbage, is what it is. It's just completely. It's like it's like they took any other action series they had on the shelf and say, okay, uh, let's throw the name MacGyver on it. We'll have him build a few gadgets uh, to help get them out of intense situations. While his gung ho army buddy, you know, shoots his way through whatever, gotta have the shoot. Watches his back, etc. So I'm just like, nope, avoid that one. Any others? Uh, yes, uh, Lethal Weapon. Surprisingly, I'm very interested in it. Uh, really? Huh. Even though McGee is attached, um, you know, well, it, the the Paul's not here. goddammit. it, Jeff I is know. a fan of McGee. No, I'm not a fan Andy, of Eugene. Shit yourself and start raging. <laughs> God damn it! You, you just suck. I that's still still very. Andy. I almost didn't give it. It's a an accelerated second. version, but it is. I only understood half of it, so it's still Andy. Yeah. Well, I, I almost didn't give it a second episode because I was really. I okay. So I hate in pilot episodes where they cram too much information into that very first episode, like stuff that they maybe should carry out into another episode. I know why they do it, because right. typically it's, it's a pilot. Sure. They want to sell it. concept. Yeah, exactly. And then rather than reshoot the pilot and draw everything out over the first couple episodes. It's, so, a, it's an exposition so, dump. Absolutely. So they did the whole Riggs crazy origin story, as well as him teaming up with Murtaugh, as well as them going on their first cases together. And as well kind as Murtaugh's daughter doing the condom commercial. Ah, yeah. No, oh, well, <laughs> but they crammed that all into like the first thirty-five minutes of the episode, oh. and then oh. the last like ten-ish, twelve minutes of the episode is them solving the case that they're on, and then having a little bit of a bonding moment while they have dinner at you know Murtaugh's house, etc. So now I haven't uh, I haven't seen the show, but I. I like stopped and watched while you were watching it for a little uh-huh. bit, and I was impressed at how much it felt like lethal. Oh weapon. yeah, it feel well. The first episode, if I'm not mistaken, was written. Um, the screenplay was written by, or I should say, the teleplay was written by the same guy that wrote the original story for the very first film. So, um, it's got potential. The second episode was a lot better. I mean, it's still a, you know, buddy action comedy, but it's not as. I won't go as far as say it's as formulaic as some of the other ones, like MacGyver. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but you they, can tell these MacGyver. two guys are are bonding at the same time that they that you know Murtaugh is just like this guy's going to get me killed, yet I somehow feel like I I'm, I'm kind of responsible for him, and and then you also see that you know as messed up as Riggs is, he still is you know former I think he's a former Navy SEAL in this one. Um, Aren't they all? But is now, but uh, but you know they have the serious moments where people 
you know, are talking about, you know, he's like, look, you know, Murtaugh's not as gung-ho action as you are. Please tell me he'll come home safe. And he's like, I'm going to do my best. So you could see that he is also those. willing to sacrifice himself to make sure that that Roger gets home safe. What, so, what I, I mean, saw made, yeah. showed me that, yeah, this could work as a series. I, I think it's going to work as a series. Like I said, I've only seen the first two episodes. First one, I was a little lukewarm on. Just because, of, like I said, it was high, so highly compre- compacted, compressed. Um, but the second episode, I, I liked it, so I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a few episodes, see what it. Has. All right, I thought you were gonna give it just stars right there. Yeah, so, I give it two and a half stars. I'm just trying to think what else I had recorded and watched that I've. I watched a few more episodes of Supergirl. And, oh yeah, that uh, started back. Are up. you any happier? I'm very happy with it. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I, I still not as good as Marvel stuff, but uh, um, I wish Paul was here to hear this because uh, it's what it is is all the Superman stuff that he's pissed off about not being in the Superman movie. <laughs> I mean, she really does act like you know through Justice American way. She's always trying to do the right thing. She's, you know, she's saving the kittens. You know, there, there was a really cute moment in an episode I just watched where. Uh, uh, she's flying along and she hears uh, some girl being bullied and you know she's the little girl's wearing a Supergirl outfit and the boys are going, you think you're Supergirl? And Supergirl flies and goes, I think she looks cool. Just you know her. And she looks through her book bag with the x-ray vision and goes, sure, where's my friend? I'm friends with all the cool girls. Yeah. And she flies off. That's cute. So it's like, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's fun. I only it's got nice. about three or four episodes in, but I liked what I saw and then, you know, I, you know, shiny object caught my attention and yeah. I yeah. stopped watching <laughs> You're like, ooh, a book over there. I, well, I think the, you'd like some so, of the uh, the stuff they're bringing in. They're bringing in a lot of... Well, they're bringing in a lot of Superman stuff, actually. They, that, that Bizarro was, shows up. Uh, some people were really upset about that because they were like, that's a Superman story. Why are they reworking it as a Superman? I'm like, Because well, they're never going to do that as a Superman movie. <laughs> it's because the <laughs> show is Supergirl, and they yeah. can... It's DC, and they can do what they want. It sounds like, like, it sounds oh, like they're does. doing... <laughs> this This is going to be the Superman TV show. Basically, This will yeah. be what, which is, what we get for Superman on TV. Which is interesting because uh, the season premiere was yesterday, and Superman... He does appear. ...is going to be featured in a few episodes. Like, he's like a regular yeah. character. Yeah. One of the things that makes me interested in watching it, I, I haven't started yet, but I'm looking forward to it, is because I hear there's Martian Manhunter shows up yes. quite a bit, and mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite DLs. Yep. Characters. I, I I will not spoil that for you, but he is a he's a, he's a great character in it. He, great he character, very well. Um, looking forward to it. a little bit different take on the character. I mean, the origins very similar, but uh, I should say like his origins on Earth are a little bit different. But right. it's I think it's done yeah. really really well. Oh, cool. There's some great nerd little nerd little uh, 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 Easter eggs in there too. Like oh uh, yeah, they go to the uh, um, Fan, they go to the what the hell am I talking about? Oh, uh, Fortress of Solitude. Yes, and then she looks down right. and like, there's the a key. lead, and I, there's the key is there. The, yeah, she lifts up the key and all. Uh, she looks down and there's a there's no explanation. She just looks down and sees a legion ring sitting on a pedestal. Um, nice. Like I wonder what that is. Yeah, and then there's a uh, some bit where they go some one of the episodes they go. Well, maybe it's an alien bounty hunter, and then they look at each other. No, if he was here, we'd know about it. So it was like a little Lobo toss-off gag. Yeah, there's there's lots of little uh, Easter eggs, throwaway lines that if you are very familiar with the universe, you'll, right. you'll get. Quick, 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 quick aside uh, before I sure. forget. Uh, nerdicate me. Uh-huh. How do you say Martian Bandhunter's name? John Jones. John Jones. 
Although and in the show they say John Jones. Yeah, because John Jones, right? Yeah, they okay. Bones they, Jones. <laughs> it's yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I always I always said it as a kid, John Jones, because That's there's, what I there's no reason for to pronounce yeah. that Jones. Yeah, but then he the, was Detective yeah. John Jones. Yeah, he that's his. He modified his name for, okay. for his his cover. Right. So good. Now I know. I'm, I'm very happy. Another. Yeah, really I, I, I disagree with the phonetics of of that spelling. Well, in it's the, the way that they put the uh, you know, apostrophe. The, the apostrophe in there. has nothing to do with how you pronounce Jones or Johns. J O N Z Z is never Jones. It never will be Jones. There's no reason for it to be Jones. It's Johns, mm. but for but John Johns. He's Take an, that, 80s He's an Jeff. alien. They can do whatever the fuck they want it's with John it. John Johns. Right, <laughs> right, because he's gonna, because the alien's gonna come over with the Latin alphabet and say, "This is how it's done." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, ancient aliens. You sh- they were they probably created the Latin aliens. Right. Let's put that up with Jeff. I, I think they do a really good uh, um, setup for how they have all the villains show up too. I mean, it's not like yeah. they have to come up with an origin for a villain every week. They've got that set up real, real early on. There's gonna be villains, and here's why, and no That's problem cool. with it. Yeah, and the the premiere last night was pretty good. I was. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it here on the CW. So, in fact, it broke uh, like an yeah. eight-year ratings. Uh, yeah. record. Gossip Girl was the the something like that. Night. It was like the highest-rated debut they'd had like a, a season premiere, and that's great. This like totally eclipsed it. So, yeah, good for CW. Yeah, and mm-hmm. good for the show. And glad to hear it. Hope they keep doing that. Go superhero TV shows. I finished reading the latest iteration of the Stephen King Companion. It is a roughly 600-page tome book, but only for those who are really deep into Stephen King. Really? Uh, unlike past ones where it goes into, this is the chronology of the books and so on, and, and what people have said about the book, it kind of only touches lightly on the books, goes more into artists inspired by the things that Steve, Stephen King has created, like the, the various uh, funds for for. Uh, artists that can't pay for their so emergency it's, bills. It's a, this is why Stephen King is an important book. Uh, it's for those who like who say, okay, listen, we know you're a big Stephen King fan. You have read the books about Stephen King. Here's a big book of stuff you might not know yet. Mm. And it's a big goddamn book. This is the third companion. The first one came out in like the early 90s. This one was released in 2015. So... Boom, a huge book, but I only recommend it if you do know the canon deep because it does. It, there's other books out there that are cover Stephen King's books. That's not this book. Wow. Mm. But I do highly recommend it if you're a King fan. Mm. I've never really been a King fan, but I've never really given it a chance. Well, I'm sure I would you like need it. You fix your life immediately. Because I like some of the movies, like Thinner, It, so I think I would enjoy it. Usually would. the books are better, right? Definitely. So, yeah, and I do have a question because I, I have this wonderful painting on my computer of it's a Star Wars question mm-hmm. of Adat Walkers obviously on a either a Death Star or a Star Destroyer and being loaded full of troops. How do Adat Walkers get planetside? How is that transportation done? Does anybody know that? I know I can go on the internet probably get the answer, yeah. but I was wondering if anybody here actually knew it. I don't. I've never, uh, I've never delved sure. that deep. I mean, I've just seeing that painting, I'm like, okay, now how does it get from A to B now? Because mm-hmm. if you're loading up troops there, right, and that's a good question. All right, probably so, a special. You know, what? if if you know, 
write to me. Comments yeah. at UglyCowShow.com. I'm, sure, I'm curious. I'm sure there's some... Somebody knows. I'm imagining story. something like the, the troop ships from the... Uh, um, uh, Phantom Menace. The uh, they launch them down like like probe droids, or some kind of some kind of mounted uh, drop mm. drop ship where yeah. they they just they just hook onto it and it drops it down and then maybe it falls off. Or I'm sure this is in know. the extended universe somewhere. It's right. got of be. course, got to be. I think they just drop them down and they land in a hero fall. Boom. They they land on Luke Skywalker in Battlefront. Eh. Anything else you do this week, guys? All right. They, Oh wait, you got something. Uh, no. It's just a long no. Thank you. No, thank we you yeah. we, we played games Friday. Yeah, yeah, we played game. We we uh, we started more a new of the assault Star Wars Imperial assault, assault uh, a new one, trying out new classes and stuff, okay. and um, exploring, feeling yourselves. Yeah. Actually, no, we didn't. That was that last, was last week. week. That, that was, was last, last week. week. Two weeks ago. Oh yeah, oh, we yeah. canceled because Andy and Matt and Paulette were, or was it out doing stuff? And and so was you no, know, Lewis wasn't, but. Yeah, no, never mind. I was, no, 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 I was, never mind. Not I was at first Friday working, shooting pictures. Yes, you were. Yeah. And I went to a zombie uh, haunted house right that Friday night, too. Oh, how was it? It was okay. <laughs> Glowing <laughs> review. Yeah. Glowing review. No, it, it, was, it was obviously, it was a first haunted house by these people. and uh, uh, Probably the last. I was, not, I was not scared, but my daughter had never been to a haunted house before, so it was fun to watch her jump. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. Okay. I will always okay. remember my first. Yeah. I hope she enjoyed it. Yeah, she definitely did. Very, Very cool. cool. We got to do the... Uh, I, I read that Little Darlings is doing another Triple X haunted <gasps> what? house. Yeah, uh, the they? House of Horrors. Yeah. Oh, 80s Jeff just perked up, literally. Well, no, they, they, it's been <laughs> years since they've done one, so yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. wondering. I was, sent to down, I was sent down to take pictures of it for the paper, and I took pictures and brought it in, and then we saw the name was House of Horrors and realized, that, no, our paper's not going to run that picture. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was a... I'll post it on the layer. My parents had to... Well, parents, my mother, had to drag me through my first couple haunted houses. I was... Wow. I, I was a scared little shit when I was young. Roller coasters, couldn't handle them. Haunted houses, dark rides alone freaked me out. Of course, now I love every single little yeah, bit of you, it. look at you now. Yeah, now... Yeah. And I think that, that was the feed. It's like it, it caused a seed that grew... Deadly and nasty. It's funny because one time we went through a haunted house and like the, some of the performers like after we came out, it was like it's like how come you guys were giggling the whole way through? It's like that's just because it was awesome. They're like it's like but you weren't scared. It's like well I mean startled here and there, but no, not really scared. I'm just enjoying it. It's the aste- what's so wonderful about modern haunted houses is so much attention to the aesthetics of the build of the house. That's what just really curls my toes when they had that haunted house that was on the strip the one that eli roth owned oh yeah i can't yeah. remember the name of it it lasted oh, for a year the one that closed up a month before halloween yes yeah. yeah that one it wasn't a scary house it wasn't a well-designed house as far as the scares are done but as far as room design and just uh, the money into the detail of that house absolutely stunning i just the pictures in my brain of the rotting kitchen with the smells being pumped into it it was amazing absolutely amazing maggots crawling over things with you know projected maggots and just pure eli roth nastiness turned into a haunted house they just grab a bunch of homeless people from the strip Stand there. Sit over there. <laughs> they they hired <laughs> actors, and there was a story yeah. to go with the house, yeah. but yeah, it, it just wasn't a great house when it came down to it. 
And in fact, before this, we started recording this, I spent the last 45 minutes doing virtual walkthroughs through the Universal Halloween Nights houses that are happening right now because I won't be able to get to that this season for sure. So, and watching the uh, American Horror Story house and the new Exorcist house, the design that they do, I mean, it's pure artistry now. Just and then I know that the ones here in Las Vegas, uh, Ace, you, you must be going nuts knowing that there's a Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh house yeah, I saw that here sign. in Las Vegas, and I, I do my best not to miss it this year. I got to at least see it's, that it's house. inside the Fright Dome, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I got to see a Five Nights at Freddy's house. Yeah. And that place is known for great aesthetics, great animatronics. I got to see it. I That's actually got to interview three of the ten. actors from that, and that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you get to see any of this? I know I did it on my phone. Uh, somebody, okay. somebody else went downtown and shot the pictures. But uh, uh, I talked to a woman who uh, is a little person who's been doing the thing since she was 14. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she like the, yeah, she just loves doing it. And, and she does burlesque. She does like broken glass burlesque. Oh, fun. Uh, used to do fire eating. But, like everybody, she did fire eating for a while and then stopped doing it. Her, her, her like profession. everybody. Yeah. Right, Kirsten? No, yeah, everybody, everybody does fire fighting. <laughs> does everybody does fire fight it. Fire, yeah. Firefighting? Fire, 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 fire. Firefighting. Fire. Fire, 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 fire. Breathing? Fire. Wow. fire, fire, fire. Eating? Fire, fire eating. Everybody does that, only does it for a few years because it just rips your throat to hell. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. But she also uh, suspends herself from fish hooks. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you got to make a that. living. Yeah. Although one of the most spiritually fulfilling jobs I've ever had in my life was working in haunted houses. So I recommend if you have the time and the ability to work on minimum wage. Yeah, really. um, yeah. I, right. I highly recommend doing it because it is so much fun. I th- my favorite memory of a haunted house I worked at in Evansville, Indiana. They have this haunted forest that ta- happens outside of the city. Um, I was the predator outdoors, oh, nice. up this hill, hiding behind a tree. Down on on there's a hill down this path where there's hanged, skinned bodies and the thing, and I, and I would you know, creep out from behind the tree and then run down the hill after the people and they would run or they wouldn't or whatever oh because i went totally somewhere else with that like i'm i'm thinking like shoulder plasma cannon lasers <laughs> it wasn't that kind of haunted house <laughs> yeah. but it was a full body suit they spent a lot of money oh, on this okay. thing that rubber feet all the way down all right okay. so by my favorite memory of this house is or forest is running down the hill at this mother and her small child uh, oh boy i'm guessing seven Six or seven, maybe. And Please say you tripped and fell. Please say you tripped and fell. Please say you tripped I, and fell. I did not. This, Damn it. this kid put himself between me and his mother and just screamed at just with just fury in his eyes, don't touch my mom. <laughs> so I did what any predator would. I put my hands up, slowly backed away, scared of the child, and that child is a hero. For that moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's defeated the predator for his mother. That's nice. That is, that is a nice funny. moment. Work in haunted houses, people. They're fun. Then you ended it with, want some candy? Want some candy? I did it at work the other day, and nobody knew what I was doing, and it was dry. Oh, was so man. <laughs> I confess, I don't know what you're doing. What? What's Give up, me your, Take your fucking candy back. It's in Predator 2. I Jeez. barely remember Predator Yeah, I barely remember Predator 2. I remember there was an alien skull, and oh, that's, that's what, all I remember. That's when it takes two. place in the Danny city. Glover. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Wow. Actually, yeah. uh, there was one other geeky thing I did this week. I added more to my geeky nostalgia collection. Oh, the Blu-rays. Yes, my Blu-ray collection. 
Uh, I got the Knight Rider, the complete series. It came out today. Received it today. It's pretty awesome. I was watching an episode, uh, the, the, the premiere episode, before everybody got here. And then uh, the excitement immediately turned into disappointment was my uh, Buck Rogers Blu-ray collection. Mm-hmm. Because the TV show, full yes, season, the full, full series, the, the full series, because there was only two seasons, season one and two. I was very excited about it. It was one of the things that was recommended for you on Amazon. I was like, oh, I didn't even know they had this on Blu-ray. Awesome. Added it to the cart, you know, read the brief description. In fact, I even went back today to see if I just missed it. It's region B encoded. Pal. Pal, pal, wow. yeah, from so, uh, so you're gonna watch it in Europe. It's essentially uh, it's registered <laughs> in New Zealand and Australia. Oh, huh. And I'm like, I'm, I'm looking all over the description on the web page. It says ships from and sold by Amazon. You and have- like at the very bottom of the description thing, it says import, but it doesn't say region B encoded. So at nowhere on there, uh, so I have to call them and and say, hey, uh, you might want to adjust your p- description page. Because get your money back, maybe. You ca- oh, yeah, because you cannot play this in the U.S. unless you have a region-free DVD But you player, even have right. to look for it on that box. Where you tried to yeah. show me and say, see what's wrong with yeah. this picture, I oh, couldn't yeah. find it. It's, it's, you have to hunt for it. And, it's a uh, warning yeah. <laughs> for all of you getting the 25th anniversary. Caveat emptor. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is I'm like sitting there going, okay, well, maybe let's just be, you know, quick easy exchange i'll i'll send this back they'll send me the the u.s version there is no u.s version on blu-ray hmm. wow so at some point universal went back in cooperation with whoever the uh distribution house is that did this and you know scanned the original film prints to make a nice crisp pristine blu-ray but they didn't release it in the u.s hmm. so well, fuck off. Thanks, tell, Obama. Tell them if you... If you <laughs> uh, yes. So, the, les- ne- the lesson of the story is uh, vote Trump. Yes. <laughs> sure. Because so, he will keep all regions centered. It'll be huge. It'll be huge. all region it'll, DVDs and Blu-rays from now on. Blu-ray region, huge. It'll be beautiful. It'll be perfect. <laughs> so, Jeff, tell them if they give you back your money, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll send it back signed by Felix Silla. That would be cool. I would love to have yeah. that signed by Felix because you know, he did play Tweaky. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jen. Let's do a. a we know before the email, I, I missed business last week, and I feel bad mm-hmm. because the, oh, the, no. the Geek Shock AV Club watched Alien. Oh, it's a great okay. movie, and they didn't send me this week what they were watching. Maybe they thought oh, they put yeah, it out there. So I apologize. Uh, so make sure whatever the movie is, check it out on the Geek Shock AV Club Reddit page because they usually do watch it Thursday wow. nights. Wow, our AV Club has. Shined the band, us. The band is done. <laughs> <laughs> Did you I finished last week. No. I am Providence. You finished I am Providence. Yeah. Are you the one that took the, took my version? Yeah. Okay, I was wondering yeah. who grabbed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I I got to like the last fifteen pages on the flight back from Memphis. Okay. And then sort of misplaced a book in the unpacking procedure. And I just found it last night and finished okay, the last okay. bit of it. <laughs> I, I thought there was gonna be a really bad. No, end no, of no. This. But it was like God damn it! I'm right. I, 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 I gotta find who did it. Damn it! What do you think of the book? I enjoyed it. I really like the the weird narrative. I like I like the fact that the one of the main characters was dead and was I dying. love that yeah, aspect. Yeah, the, yeah it was, the, uh, was uh, not dying, but was deteriorating as the uh, thing went on. Yeah, I I want more dead, dying narrators that can't move from where they're from. I right. love that. Right. Oh, but uh, it was a little. I, I, it was a little brutal for you know. 
uh, the the uh, depiction of Lovecraft fans, but uh, yeah, okay. I, I I know that a lot of that book is informed by Mamatosh's own mm-hmm. interactions with uh, not just necessarily Lovecraft, but the horror writing community in general. Right. In fact, I, I've seen actually people accusing of people being certain names. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Sure, sure. I was at the hundredth uh, hundredth birthday of Lovecraft. That was twenty five years ago, and uh, and it was it was very pleasant. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Everyone, no one tried to dick up a but, cat. But I am a honky. <laughs> <laughs> it does help in Lovecraft circles. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I didn't put the announcement last week that this month's book, actually more of a novella, short one, is H.P. Lovecraft's yes. The Shadow Over Innsmouth. My which, favorite. Which, you know, we're past the seventh, so people are already discussing it, but you can join us in the discussion at your le- leisure. Uh, Addie Ambler is is kind of taking the head of that discussion and just run with it, and I love what he's doing with it. I will be jumping on now that I've finally read the book. Sure, and then I've never read The Shadow Over Innsmouth. I've read other well, really? uh, Mountains of Madness, the so far my favorite, still is, I think. Uh, but uh, I've seen Dagon, the movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of Loose, that. Loosely based on it. Very. Yeah. Uh, so that was my only experience going into it but uh it's i can see why this is the one of the recommended introduction stories for hp lovecraft sure it's it's got a more traditional form it's got a more it has an action scene action (laughs) and a really scary action scene yeah yeah absolutely the, the hotel room is impressive yeah so I, I don't want to discuss it too much here because you know, people are still reading sure, it. Sure, sure. Now, it, just to back up a second, Andy, mm-hmm. is it pronounced Innsmouth? Innsmouth. Innsmouth. All right. I kind of figured. It, 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 New England pronunciation is just bizarre. I mean, uh, uh, there's a town in New England. It's W-O-R-C-H-E-S-T-R. Worcester. Of course. Yeah. When I lived in England, there was a Belvoir castle mm-hmm. that was just kind of up the road mm-hmm. from us, uh, but it was pronounced by locals Beaver right. Castle. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Cohog, you know, the, the, the town in um, Family yeah, Guy yeah. is actually a, a, a food out there. It's a, yeah, it's it's a, a, it's a, a bivalve, um, and it's, it's spelled Q-U-O-H-O-G, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. I... It, it, I don't know sure where that came in, but sure. Uh, yeah, no, because it was funny when the when the story was was selected. I looked at that and I'm like, I have always said Innsmouth. I I know it's not right. Well, it's how it's I'll, written. Mm-hmm. I'll finally be able to ask Andy. Yep. Is that like a, a true New, New Englander? So we see so we learned a couple things. We, we mm-hmm. learned John Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we learned John Jones. Innsmouth. And I have been to Innsmouth many a time. In Kansas and Arkansas. Those what do you two? mean you've been to Innsmouth many of times? The town that is based on is Gloucester. Is it? Now? Yep. And I've been to no Gloucester quite a few times. No wonder he knew those streets so well in that book. That, oh, yeah. No, it, that it's, book's it's, a lot it's, of streets. In fact, I, in fact, I've got a picture of myself in front of the uh, Esoteric Order of Dagon, which was the Masonic Hall. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love Actually, it. Actually, my friend... I got to visit. My friend Jason Eckerd, the Lovecraft, my big Lovecraft scholar friend, um, he took uh, Gahan Wilson, who's an amazing, creepy cartoonist. You, you would recognize his work from old Playboys and stuff. He used to do Lovecrafty-inspired cartoons that were funny as hell. Okay. Um, and he got he took Gahan Wilson and showed him that, and they went into Calamari and uh, Innsmouth, essentially. <laughs> yeah, Gahan Wilson is the illustrator of uh, the book I nominated, uh, 
uh, A Night in the Lonesome October. Ah, yeah. Which is mm-hmm. by Robert Zelazny. Yeah. That's that's not an easy book to find. No, I was. It's <laughs> out of print. Mm. It is out of print. Because I was going to put that up, and I was like, I this is a hard one to get. Yeah, yeah. It is on. But it uh, looks interesting. It is on elec- um, electric. It is an ebook. Right, but, but, but if you're not digital, then yeah. yeah. To give you an idea of Gay and Wilson's humor, there's a, there's a picture. It's the, you know drawn in his creepy kind of scritchy style of a whole bunch of toys in the attic, and and again the caption is someday he'll come up here and he'll remember what a great time he had playing with us and he'll be all nostalgic, and then we'll get him. <laughs> all right. So that's that sums up business. Yeah, I know. Someone, someone knocked the that buzzer off. That was creepy. Off. Gunshot. The timing. Uh, so <laughs> let's let's hit an email. <laughs> My dearest grand poobas of geekness. Ooh, I can't get that one. While watching a film the other day, I realized that I am woefully ignorant about pretty much everything that appears on the screen in text form during the first 10 minutes of any movie. Hmm? Allow me to provide the following example for clarity. Upon firing up the film on my preferred playback device, I was alerted to the fact that it was a 20th Century Fox joint by the drums and horns theme over the searchlight's visual. The screen fades, and then I'm told that such and such film presents a who and who production. The screen fades for another transition where I'm presented to another credit screen where I'm told this is a blah and blah picture. Yet another fade transition. Now I'm learning that's in association with what's-his-nuts pictures. Yet another fade, and oh, look at that. It's also an association with some other picture company. And yet another transition and another credit for in association with Entity. Oh, I know all about this. I, yep. know, I know you do, baby. I know you do. <laughs> all told, there were eight separate credit screens before the movie even got started. Finally, the actual film proper starts. We start with the usual zoomed-in center frame, some object on the table, and then the slow widening pan out around to reveal the scene. All the while, text credits are overlaid at various points on the screen. First, I'm retold that half of what I was just told before the movie started, XYZ pictures in association with the ABC and fuck me running films, blah, blah, fucking shoot me now. Then pops the director's name. Okay, that's easy enough. Then the producer's name. Also easy enough. Then... Wait, what the fuck is this? Another producer credit. Mm-hmm. And then the next is two more producers listed together. Then a fifth all by himself, but he's an executive producer. And then another executive producer. Then I'm told who it's written by. But then immediately after that, I'm told screenplays by some other jagoff. I'm further fucked with by the third credit in this series and told that it's a story by some third person. And then just to fuck with my head even more, I'm alerted to the fact that it's based on a story written by some fourth toolbox. So what the fuck is even going on? All right, let's hear it. I've tried to do my due diligence, research this shit as to not burden or bother you fine gentlemen. After all, you have enough on your plates wrangling Paul and cleaning up after First Officer Butterfingers. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) But the online explanations for this and that I've been able to find on the subject are like Ludmilla's uterus, which is a convoluted, (laughs) messy, and hard to understand. What are these various entities actually responsible for, and what did they each play in getting this fine feature film to me? Thank you, The Thomas. All right. (laughs) So the reason you have all the different production companies listed at the beginning of the film is that's financing and distribution, basically. So you're getting... A film is being, these days, films are being financed by multiple production companies to kind of distribute the risk. But also, 
the second part of that is getting it into countries that typically have a restricted uh, entrance, or excuse me, a restriction to U.S. films being exhibited there. For instance, China only allows something like 10 U.S. films a year to be exhibited in China. So a good way to get in good with the country's government is to have a Chinese-based company co-finance a film. So a lot of times you do have the, that kind of financing going on. Um, and on top of that, yes, one of those film companies is a shell company. Yes. That shell company is there to be the financial downfall should that film flop. Yes. That they hold all the legal wrangling of it. Yep. So if that thing gets sued for some reason yeah. or the whole thing just tanks out, they can bankrupt that, that shell company yep. and nobody gets hurt. Yes, exactly. So that's... That's the main reason you're seeing all of those various production companies before you and see the credits. Now, the credits, rehashing all of that information after the film starts, are union rules. So that's Producers Guild, that's Screen Actors Guild, um, Directors Guild. So those are all requirements, which is ironically why... Uh, George Lucas left the Directors Guild of America yeah. for Star Wars because he refused to put all the actors and produce production credits, etc., because he wanted that scroll. He wanted the Star Wars logo and going right into the story scroll and then moving right into the film. So he left the Directors Guild to and it was it exempt was, his film from that. It was a it was almost a a, a conflict because you can ask permission. To be exempt, which yes. he did, and the DGA refused. Yes. And he was like, oh, well, okay, well, well fuck no, you guys. Yeah, exactly. As far as the, all the producers go, there's usually the line producer. That's the people that make things happen. All right, yes. Those are the ones that are actually working. The other producers, especially like executive producers, yes. these are the people that are like over the film company itself, and so they therefore they have a cut in the film, yes. and they have a say in the film. And also bear in mind, a lot of actors have their own production companies now, yeah. which are involved in the film. So if you have an actor in a film, they have a financial stake in that through their production company, which is why you will oftentimes see that actor's production company and then them listed as an actor and then later on as a... Uh, producer and or director. And a producer basically means yes. they get a cut of the film and they yes. kind of have a say. And a producer can be just as simple as the guy who bought the option from the author yes. for the yeah. story yeah. and sold it to this company for a producer credit. And mm. the basic difference between producers and executive producers, producers typically are involved somehow in the actual production of the film. Executive producers just have their name on it usually as a way to garner financing from other entities. Like, oh, this person's attached? That's why you a lot of times see Steven Spielberg's name attached to productions as an executive producer. Exactly. I was just going to say Transformers is a perfect example. Mm. He's attached as an executive producer. He does the occasional set vi visit, but those are Michael Bay productions, period, end to end. Spielberg has little to no input on the actual film, but because his name is attached to it, Paramount keeps throwing money at Michael Bay to keep making Transformers. So films. any resemblance from Transformers to Schindler's List is completely coincidental? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, now Jeff, Jeff, explain the yes. ampersand. Explain the ampersand. <laughs> the ampersand. <laughs> Come on. I love this story. 
yeah. No, I don't. Ampersand is partnership. Yes. Oh. So when you see uh, Paul, Ampersand, Andy, and A-N-D, Kirsten, Paul and Andy were partners yes. who did their writing. And then the and Kirsten is I was hired to clean up their mess and make it a workable script. Yeah. And the writing stuff is especially with the union oh, rules. Oh, God, yeah. Because that decides how much the writers get paid. Right. It's really funny. Yeah, there, if you have, there, yeah. There, there are times when people have, like, bitched and moaned. The, um, like when people talk about Lee Brackett's contribution to Empire Strikes Back, stuff like that. People have, you know, oh, that person really had nothing to do with that damn movie. I'm just so upset, blah, 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 blah. A lot of time people have a credit simply because they're getting paid. And so that, that facilitates their getting paid. Then there are times when people will lobby to get their name put on in yes. credits because they are owed percentage-wise. And they right. have a way of figuring yes. the percentage of the script is yours and stuff like that, don't they? Yeah, there's yeah, it's it's a really... It's, 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 it's a not a very transparent... Yeah, it's, it's, a little, it's, an, it's a, not a very transparent system, but basically, if per the Writers Guild rules, if you have contributed any kind of idea... To the finished script like it might you might not even even written a line but you had done like a story outline of an element that ends up in the final script that's a story bite. you that is a story bite that you are you are now to be credited financially as well as uh credit wise on the actual film itself for your contribution and all this so complicated pedantic stuff that has to go in there is the reason that we have companies that do incredible credit sequences before the film like uh, <laughs> right uh, i'm trying to think of an example uh all of them yeah, joe's yeah. credit company yeah. no no i'm talking about some, some good a good credit sequence um, you, you you have your own favorite well, deadpool out there, had know, an amazing credit sequence yeah, but, yeah, that was, that was, but that was yeah, that was also of, making fun of the the, the process yeah right yeah. i'm trying to think of something more true. what was so, the uh, what was the one with uh um leonardo dicaprio playing uh the um uh, a guy that pretended to be other people. Um, catch, oh, me if you can. catch me if catch you can. Catch me if you can. Yeah. is an amazing opening yeah. credit sequence. There's, there's lots of great opening And, and while that incredible great thing is going on, all that crap is running around. And you're not paying attention to the fact that they're saying you know, the same thing over and over. If you want to know the deep ins and outs of this, there's two books I'll suggest to yes. you. The Hollywood Economist, now yes. in its 2.0 version from 2012. I want to read that sequ the, the updated version. That's, that's will really That will take you through all that producer, yeah. director, union information. It's a heavy read, though. Get, just give you fair warning. It's a heavy read because it's such a convoluted system that they really do their best to break it down. Yeah, at this and point, anybody who's to, gone through this much listening yeah. to this it knows that whether yeah. want, they want to read it or not. Because you'll <laughs> you'll probably have to read the book twice. I just yeah. want to give that so that yeah. you completely understand it. It's, it's, really, it's really funny to watch mm -hmm. it between current credit sequences and old ones on old black and white movies and stuff where it's just like, here's a still and a slow crawl of information for three minutes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what was the second book? And the, the second one is... Uh, uh, books like Save the Cat. Oh, yeah. Right. That, yeah. That, that will get you into the, where the writer stuff really separates and their union issues. Yeah. So that's for, for further reading, for OG Read More stuff, that's, that's, yes. uh, that's where you want to go. But I hope that answers your question. In, in great if not, detail. If not, send us an email. I'll, I'll I, 
I stopped recording video at three and a half minutes thinking, I'm not sure I want to post this. <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, no it's it's no. tough. I that, mean, that was that, that was the trimmed down version, that's too. That's great, Andy. I, I like how you got all excited. Oh, I'm going to videotape this. I, and I, just, yeah, oh and I'm like, no, wow. we took you to school, man. I we know. We took you to class. Yeah. I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. So right. you're still here, Matt? That's all right. Uh, there's, there's a couple <laughs> listeners still awake. That's all right. <laughs> well, it, it's funny, too, because I was just thinking about when you were talking about... Uh, Writer's credits, Kirsten. That was a famous um, part of the script for Next Generation. Uh, DC Fontana wrote the uh, uh, the the pilot, which the two part pilot for uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, Encounter at Farpoint, and Roddenberry got his name attached to it so he could get a writing credit and get uh, financial credit for that because he added in the character of Q. And I, apparently that was a big fight between the two of them because she had, the, she wait, turned, Q she was written, added in? At, Q was added in. Wow. Um, uh, DC Fontana, Dorothy Fontana, she wrote the complete script for Encounter at Farpoint. And then Roddenberry accepted it after she submitted it and quote-unquote rewrote it and... She's like, well, what did he rewrite? Because like all of my all of my storyline is still in there, and basically he added the character of Q. Gotcha. So and there, I guess there was I guess another the, character in there because no, there was no. no other character. That character was completely missing from that storyline. How line. the hell did that story happen without Q? But easily, they just they figured it out themselves without being yeah. pushed by a weird yeah. god. In fact, like in early parts of the episode, you can see it's almost kind of sho- shoehorned in the scenes with Q, hmm. but. Uh, now that you've said that, I can totally see it. That's yeah. really interesting. I'm not familiar enough with it, I guess. No. It's because you hate Next Gen. I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wrongfully so. This is a good point. That no, it's that a, as long as we're on the bad. whole credit thing, well, it's a good, yes. uh, good place to point out that uh, Roddenberry wrote lyrics to the Star Trek theme, so no. he yes. could get paid for it. Yes, he, that, that the, is another... If you want to hear the best version, then go with uh, Jack Black. I've, I've heard Jack Cal Black. Gas. Yep. Yes. Going after it. We actually saw them perform that live. It was nice. Uh, at uh, Comic Con in '05, that's so right. pretty cool. On my birthday, that's uh, C Tenacious D. On, on a transition from Counter at Farpoint, here's a yes. piece of mail. Hello, gents, loving the show. Just got a quick question: Have any of you watched Farscape? I have been watching it on Netflix. I enjoyed seasons one and two, all right, I, but I'm in season three and feel the show is becoming a bore. I find myself not wanting to turn it on. Is it worth watching to season four? I want to hear any of your thoughts. Is that with all the living ship Thanks. and the... Yes. Uh, yes. Thanks, I've, Dave P. Thanks for getting on Google Play. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Mm. Sorry it took us so long. It took some wrangling to make that happen. Oh, I never God. got into that show. I've only Part seen bits and either. pieces of it. No. I Yeah, the the whole boring notion. I I don't know what it is about that show, but it's it's just... I never could quite get it. I And I've given it several episodes chance mm-hmm. because, you know... It was produced by Jim Henson and the Henson Company. Um, the actual artwork and puppeteering and everything is phenomenal. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous show. But the story. But the story, it just it never it never hooked me. It was just it just very it's very cerebral, but so much to the point that there's no entertainment value mm, there. At least in my personal opinion. I mean, I, there are other people that will, you know, probably disagree with me. But that's that was to me 
my impression of it when I tried to watch it. Maybe I'll try it, it again now that's on Netflix. Was it syndicated? Oh, no, they're actually it taking it off syndicated. Netflix. Yes. Oh, what they're taking it off there. Netflix. I thought it was. I thought that's where you're going with it. No, it's but, not going anywhere else. What oh. was the other syndicated? There was a syndicated show that Roddenberry wrote. That was a science fiction. Uh, he had a couple: uh, Earth Final Conflict that's and Andromeda. Andromeda. So yeah, those those ones lasted seemingly forever. Yes, uh, especially considering only the first seasons on both of those shows were based on any script ideas by Roddenberry. After that, it kind of... I always thought that those were single-season shows. They lasted a while? Oh, yeah. yeah. Andromeda was like six or seven Seriously? or something. Yeah, yeah. And Andromeda went on for a long <laughs> yeah. time. I'm with you, Todd. I was just like, but really? the first couple wow. episodes of that show were good. Yeah. but And Final Earth Final Conflict, I want to say, went like four seasons. Wow. Is that the one where the main ship's and like the just... Saratoga or something? Like that one? Uh, well, it didn't have a ship. Earth Final Conflict was oh, based no, no, around no, no, no. the. I know what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aliens arrive on Earth, and they, you know, you know, they said that they have a connection with humanity, and they help, you know, technologically, they help heal the Earth, et cetera, and so forth. But the, people start wondering what's their shady agenda, et cetera, and yeah, all three of those so shows. A atypical sci-fi trope, but you know, it had an interesting premise. You say all three of those shows make my grind my teeth because they lasted forever and Firefly lasted six, you know, six <laughs> episodes. I see what you're saying. Well, that's because yeah. they weren't on Fox. There they were is. syndicated. Right. And it's like, if fuck Firefly gave a shit. Yeah. If Firefly had been syndicated, I, you know, honestly, I say to this day, if it had been on WB like Buffy, mm -hmm. I think Whedon could have got seven seasons out of it like he did with Buffy. You're he probably had, right. He had seven seasons scripted. You can tell from Serenity that uh, there were seven seasons in there. He was trying to shoehorn yeah. it all, all in. All right, gentlemen. News you don't give a shit about. Oh, dear hey. God. Justin Lin. Yes. Director Justin Lin has been tapped to develop, direct, and produce a movie based on Mattel's highly popular car toy line, Hot Wheels. I heard about this. Ugh. For Legendary Pictures. Mattel claims that more than 5 billion cars have been produced since 1968, with 9 million being made each week. 10 cars sold every second. Various versions of the film have been in works in 2003 with Jeff's favorite, McGee, attached to direct and produce <laughs> for Columbia before Joel Silver and Warner Brothers has it. Uh, Simon Crane came on board 2013 when Legendary nabbed the rights to the movie in the early 2000 aughts, but the project's been floating in there since 2014. A Hot Wheels... Not the only hot Mattel property heading to the big screen. Max Steel, based on the action figure, slated to open up October 14th. That's, you know, this Friday. Uh, while Masters of the Universe and Barbie are in the works at Sony with Monster High up at uh, Universal, Mattel is following in the footsteps of its rival toy company Hasbro, who already has the Hasbro Cinematic Universe, which includes G.I. Joe, Micronauts, Visionaries, Mask, and Rom. Set up at Paramount Studios, so See, I, Hot don't Wheels. For, don't forget the best one in there, Battleship. Mm. Oh god! All of those uh, <laughs> other ones besides Hot Wheels have characters in them. <laughs> Scott, Hot Wheels are just, is just really cool metal cars yeah. with really cool racetracks that you can put together. Mm -hmm. uh, don't get me wrong; I had my share of, of Matchbox cars and Hot Wheels growing mm -hmm. up. We, I think we probably all did. Yep. But I don't know. Where are you going to get a movie out of it that isn't just a dumber Fast and Furious? Yeah, my my least favorite Pixar movie is Cars because I've got no interest in it. And and none of and us that's is what, really, and, that, and that's what they've got to yeah, almost what they've got to do is that. And none of us are car nerds when it comes yeah. down to it. Well, I yeah. mean, 
Cars is... It's weird that that's getting a third sequel now. Cars 3. Uh, the um, third one actually should be pretty good. Actually, a friend of mine's working on it. It's actually a pretty good ride. It's California Adventure. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's... it's <laughs> that, that Cars Land in California Adventure is actually really entertaining. Um, I want to say it was three years ago that I was there, and uh, they have uh, Tow Mater, the... Mm-hmm. The tow truck that drives around and talks to people. Yeah, I mean, just it, it just—it was so crazy because it, it looks like the cartoon, and then the, the whole area is a complete reproduction of the city. Sure, uh, mm-hmm. was it Radiator but, Springs? Right, sounds right. Yeah, sounds right. But, but like you, I have never had an interest. Never saw any of the Cars yep. films. So nope. the only experience I have is with that park. And then I've uh, seen both of them. They're, they're okay. And I, I love I, me some Pixar. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still feel like the first Cars was that final picture deal with Disney. So it was like they just kind of grinded it out mm. to get out of that. And then it was like as that is being moved into uh, post-production and then about to hit theaters is when Disney bought Pixar. I'm not the first person to say this about the Cars, but where are the people? Where are the people? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I still... Finding Nemo was like not my favorite yeah, Pixar still, I film. I still like it. Yeah, that's probably one of the ones I've only seen once ever. So like that and Cars were my, I think, the weakest of the Pixar films. Right, so so here is the point where I'm going to give a very tentative week in geek. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. Just because these first three are kind of on that really weird cusp, but I can't figure out where to place it. Okay. So the first one. I kind of like uh, Jim Henson Company cut a deal with HBO to air digitally remastered cuts of the original 1983 series Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. All right. The uh, puppet hit originally aired on HBO, in case you've never seen the series, focuses on puppet creatures called Fraggles who live in underground caves, tried to keep, teach kids about diversity, friendship, and tolerance. The original series ran 96 episodes, and those are the ones that are being remastered. And so... And, and aired. So along the way, it scored five International Emmy Awards, three Cable Ace Awards. Uh, when I was young, didn't have HBO and was the prime demographic for this show. I really tried to s- search it out. Mm. Go to friends' houses who had Fraggle, who had HBO, so I could watch Fraggle Rock, visit relatives. Can I watch your HBO, Auntie? Um, I loved it growing shows. up. Yeah. One of my favorites growing up, yeah. No, it's I'm it's an adorable in... show, but it... But I've watched episodes since it's gotten older, and it's it's definitely made for that age demographic. Yeah, I'm sitting in the Paul Chairs Hall. Take his role. That show's garbage. <laughs> it's garbage. Anybody that likes it is garbage. Yeah, you're pretty good at that. It. Yeah, I I tried watching that as because I I want to say you bought the like yeah the I had the first season set. yeah yeah and I watched like the first few episodes going. Why did I like this as a kid again? No, because I'm sitting. It just it was. It is. It's quirky. It's yeah. weird, and yeah. I still like the characters. In fact, one of the coolest things I've ever seen the Fraggles do, uh, they are in a video with Ben Folds for one of his uh, single releases for not the last album but the mm-hmm. album prior. So check that out. It's great seeing Fraggles with Ben Folds. Yeah, but yeah. <clears throat> I never, I never got into it, and it was really funny because I was out of the states at the time, 
And when I came back for a visit, I would, you know, I would tell friends, I miss the Muppet Show. I loved the Muppet Show when I was a kid. That was great. And they're like, oh, you got to see Fraggle Rock then. Cause it, and I'm like, Fraggle Rock. And I hear rock because for me, Muppet Show is all about, it's the variety show, which I really enjoyed. Right. And so I'm like, Fraggle Rock. This sounds like it's going to be cool. And three minutes into it, I was just like, what in the fuck? It did have songs. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus Christ. And I was totally let down because I just thought it was an updated Muppet show that might have been a little more, you know, rocky. There's a so, lot of children's entertainment rocky. that has crossover appeal for adults. This isn't one of them. Yeah. Yeah. But if you do have HBO. This and, is for and, babies. It's for babies, man. And for some reason you've missed it and want to kind of, you know, take a weird eraser to that part of your childhood, uh, you'll be able to watch it on HBO. Yeah. Uh, and the next and the weird ones, um, Disney has hired Guy Ritchie to helm the live action version of Aladdin. All right. The project's being described as an ambitious and non-traditional take, quote unquote, oh, on the beloved animated tale. Disney wants to make a non-linear approach to the film what? while hanging on to the musical aspects of the animated version. Uh, Ritchie cut his teeth on crime slick dramas like Snatch, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. And he'll uh, tackle Aladdin after wrapping up his King Arthur film at Warner Brothers. Uh, John August, who's behind Big Fish and Corpse Bride, wrote the script for the live-action version. Um, this, so, this is filmmaking playing on the veteran level here. This is either going to be spectacular, amazing, or go down in flames. There's no middle ground that's on what I mean. this. I have no idea where yeah. to place this. Yeah, there, there's no middle ground on this. This is either going to be amazing or awful. And, and of course, there's the, the elephant in the room that is the genie. And yeah, you're going to get to play the genie and, and not. And is it going to be just like a big CG character? I mean, they I'm not worried about it? that. I'm worried about the ghost of Robin Williams. Didn't they that's use, haunting uh, the whole thing. Didn't they use Dave Coulier in the uh, animated I series? Think, yeah, in the TV series they nah. did. Yeah, but you can certainly tell a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Coulier is no Robin Williams. You know? Because they also had like a few straight to video releases as well. Right. Which and he didn't appear Revenge in the of second Jafar one. Or yeah. And, and uh, Robin Williams only appeared in, I want to say, like the third or the fourth straight to video yeah. Aladdin film. So. so it's, it's, but the, here's the thing I really love Guy Ritchie's work. Mm-hmm. I, 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 he does phenomenal things, he's visually stunning. So to throw him into the Aladdin universe to, to film that, I'm kind of behind that choice. Right, right. If this was any other director, I probably would have shoved it directly into news you don't give a shit about. Right. But that's what really is the wild card in this whole thing to me. To make me go, what yeah, was that maybe I will. a movie made with Madonna when they were married or dating, whatever the hell they were. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but for, for some reason my brain wants to shout Shanghai Surprise, even though I know that's no, not it. No, that's not it. <laughs> no, that was her and... Pen, Pen, yeah, Sean Penn. Sean Penn, yes, thank you. <laughs> so I can't remember some what so island he, thing. I don't he know. He can fail. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and yeah, I never saw that picture, and I hear that's a good thing. Yeah. And then the third, I don't know where to place this because what? Variety reports the Gears of War film adaptation was announced during a live stream announcement for the new Gears of War four video game. The game series typically follows soldier Marcus Phoenix as he battles an alien race called the Locust, who are hell-bent on taking us out. Uh, no word yet on whether the film will follow that arc or tell a new story in that universe. Project being developed by Universal Pictures by Scott Stuber, who's behind Ted and The Kingdom, and Dylan Clark, behind Rise of the Planet of the Apes. 
I don't find those games story-wise compelling. I find them visually amazing, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm so on the fence on this one. Because I, I played the first two, and kind of like Halo, I am said, okay, I'm out now. This is just not really doing it for me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story was, for me, not that compelling. On yeah, years I've, I've never done them for the stories, so I have no... I mean, it's... And it, it's actually, it's funny. When you guys talk about stories, when there are, like, FP... Uh, uh, mo- uh, uh, games where you're like, oh, and the story. I'm just like, what is it with you fucking people? Just run around shooting shit. I don't really give a, a, a story. Well, you and I, with, with Halo, we certainly did. Well, I, we yeah, played it. I mean, I it was you and me co-oping, and we're shooting up stuff in Halo. I, I was. I, I like story. to have a reason to kill people. God, you're all weird. And then get me to Westworld. And then eat them in the holodeck. Yes, yes. But even in Westworld, there's stories behind. Because that, that's oh. the thing they made it point of in the very first oh. episode. It's like, I spent all this time developing this story for the, for the people attending the park. To interact with the, their characters. Right. And it's just like... But if I wanted to just why? go to the park and shoot an android, Kirst, I could do yeah, it. Cursor just yeah. wants to be the man in black. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> it, 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 you know, another another angle to that that's really cool, too, is somebody, because he, at one point, makes a, con- and I won't go too de- deep into who it is, but he makes a one, you know, I've been here, it's good to be back, I've been here time and again, and but now, now I want to look at what's underneath, now I want to, you know, and he starts talking about that. Yeah, he wants to get in the code. And the the reviewer was talking about the analog of those video game players who say they play and they play and they play and they play through the game so many times that eventually they start playing the game to break yes. it. Yes. Mm. And it's just like, whoa, this is getting even creepier. Yeah. So it's, yeah, just another, another notch up for Westworld, what they're doing. And it's really funny because didn't we have the article where they like did reshoots and they took a different tact and like they, they made a mid-course correction or something like that? I don't that remember every, that for this one. That, that everybody – I thought I remember I, I, that hearing about happen. that. That, that that's people were just like, oh, God, Westworld's in trouble because they, there was somewhere in there they were sort of like um, – there, some some uh, reorientation or something occurred. Not to mention, I seem to recall something about Anthony Hopkins. Was right. Mm. So I don't know, but anyway, there you go. So, but but going back to Gears of War, yeah, not not story heavy. Beautiful though. Good mechanics, cover shooter mechanics. Hate the reload mechanics, but that's you know the gameplay stuff. Whether that translates into a movie, that's something more than. Big boss battles. No, as long that's as the, it's that'd good be as well. great if all the characters were bitching about how their weapons reloaded. <laughs> no. I would give it pluses for that. <laughs> I would give it as pluses long as it's good one. as uh, Warcraft. <laughs> hey, I watched that movie Warcraft. I'm a fan of it, but you know, it's Paul. Come on. Right I, now, I, I haven't seen it. Paul either, so in his it. sick bed is going, oh, and he doesn't even know why. <laughs> Shut your ignorant mouth. Your I'm baiting him long distance. <laughs> So far, you two are the only ones in this room that have seen it, so may- maybe as more of us have watched it. I haven't seen it. That's what I mean. Yeah. Well, I'm pointing at you because that's Paul's seat. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I keep, I forget, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting my role. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where's Andy. my French fries? Th- th- also, yeah, where's your McDonald's bag? That's yeah. Andy. He's the writer. He's just not the actor. <laughs> 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 All right, now into some real geek news uh, that 
sounds pretty damn good with the Punisher currently filming in New York City. Oh. Marvel has now officially revealed the name of the character Ben Barnes will play in the Netflix series while also announcing an addition of two new cast members. Barnes is playing Billy Russo, known to Marvel comic book fans as the villainous and Frank Castle's arch enemy, Jigsaw. Oh. Right? Nice. Yeah. Also joining the cast is Eben Moss Backrack from Girls in the role of Punisher sidekick Micro. Here a, quote, former NSA analyst whose secrets may be of great value to Frank Castle and everyone mm. around them, unquote. While a Son of God actress Amber Rose Reva will play Dinah Madani, a highly trained, sophisticated Homeland Security agent who is vexed by the Punisher. According, an acting as showrunner and executive producer is Hannibal's Steve Lightfoot who will pen the first two episodes of the 13-episode series, which sees John Barenthal uh, return to the role of Frank Castle. Nice. Jigsaw, come on, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm absolutely. all in with Jigsaw. The Frankenstein's monster of yeah, yeah. evil. Yep. Ah. So how far along did you get on uh, Luke Cage? One more episode. Oh. I'm, I'm four <laughs> in. Oh, man. Still haven't watched it yet. Oh, you need to just binge yeah. it. We oh, actually got so. an email that's a kind of a, a nice uh, deconstruction talking about the music that you brought up. So uh, when Paul gets back and hopefully watched a little bit more of this, some of us, uh, myself included, uh, we can. I'll bring that email up and we can talk a little deeper on it. But did you see the uh, the the uh, um, uh, Iron Fist premiere? Premiere? Not no, premiere. I, no, no. The, the, they the, did the a teaser. trailer. They did a no, trailer, I and trailer. I haven't watched the trailer, but I did trailer. see their yeah. effect for yes. the Iron Fist. Because I, I was wondering, how are they going to do this? Because the, these they're taking this so grounded in reality mm-hmm. approach. And, oh, boy. It's nice. They, it's so they, nice. They just keep figuring it out. Yep. It is amazing. And uh, Danny Rand, uh, Loris Tyrell. Oh, okay. From Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I did see that uh, at, Sa- at the New York Comic Con, they revealed that Sigourney Weaver is going to be in The Defenders. Right. So right. It, it is some kind of villain, but nobody Yeah, she's knows a why. villain. Don't know hmm. who. So exciting. Again, coup in casting. Yeah. Beautiful people. The best. Yeah, that panel looked cool, because that was Finn Jones, Mike Coulter. Yeah. Jessica Jones and uh, <laughs> Charlie Cox. It was fascinating. As well I just, just <laughs> I, I, the pained I, look on your face. I'm beautiful. blanked. It's, yeah. it's embarrassing. What What's fascinating? I just saw this on a a program the other day where they were talking about how they're attracting all these you know big names to these different series is because of the the shorter uh, the shorter uh, episodic uh, seasons for them mm-hmm. because now they can say well you know come for a week two weeks. To wherever they're filming, they don't have to commit, you know, six months out of their life to this and that and, and that the and the and the great scripts or they're they're right. attracting like you know big name stars that maybe would never do, you know, a comic series. In most cases, those scripts are finished, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, they can have them for a very concentrated week. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. They mm-hmm. have like the whole season scripted out, so it's not like they're coming in and then they have to come back for reshoots, et cetera. They can do it all within a, a very short period of time. They probably also want a so, piece of that yeah. uh, Netflix Marvel Yeah, exactly. Notoriety. That that's the other yeah. thing. That was exactly what I was gonna address is because um, now with conventions, uh, yeah. a lot of the you know, like even the regular series actors like um, uh, Stephen Amell started his own uh, company to book actors 
at different conventions because they can go and do a convention over like a three-day period and make more than they would typically over a couple of episodes per their contract. So Sci-fi fiction is where it's at. So, 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 so just making an appearance on, you know, even if it's like a single episode guest appearance, they now have an, another avenue of, of income because enough, sometimes uh, they don't get paid that great. I it's mean, an, it's enough to get a table at the toy con. Yeah. So you you watch the uh, origin episode? Yeah, then. the fourth episode is the origin episode. That costume, though, huh? Oh, that was a great <laughs> yeah. moment! Oh, that's all I got to say about yep. that. Yep. <laughs> oh, the yellow shirt and the tiara and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. tiara, fucking people! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's just I, lo- I love the whole feminizing, you know, tiara. <laughs> and he wore bracelets, and he is like he had a headband, and he had wristbands. Yeah, get macho with him, motherfucker. It's just, yeah, it's very funny how people do that. So, Kristen Ritter, by the way, Kristen Ritter. Is that who's the? That's Jessica Jones. That's who you're trying to think of. Yeah, okay. I couldn't name any of those actors. Or uh, Jesse Pinkman's girlfriend. She is the the one that I don't know outside of the the shows, right? Charlie Cox, I remember from Boardwalk Empire. Okay. I didn't remember that he was on there. You know, Finn Jones from... uh, Game of I Thrones. got you there. She was so. in Breaking Bad. Okay, see. Was I, she? Yeah. I gotta. I, uh, yeah, someday I gotta fucking yeah. watch that just oh, so I can catch up. On. Oh, I know, I know. I just haven't gone. Kirsty, you know it's good? It's a good show. Breaking she was Bad. good. Breaking Bad's good. That's I remember like, there's, like, seeing some commercials with her on some ABC comedy series, and that's the only exposure I had with her was fast-forwarding through commercials with her in them. And going, who is this? You and your regular TV. I know. <laughs> You're so old. The Bank of Canada. Canada has a bank? Apparently, and a big one. The, ba- the Bank of Where Canada. Where they put the loonies. It's called the loony bin. Oh! <laughs> loony Score bank. one for K. <laughs> Yay, I got one. <laughs> the Bank of Canada has officially requested that its citizens stop spocking oh, yeah. <laughs> their $5 bills. <clears throat> the bank has made an official statement after people first began drawing the Star Trek Vulcan after Leonard Nimoy's passing. The bank states that although it's not illegal to draw on the bills, they wish you wouldn't. Quote, however, there are important reasons why it should not be done. Writing on a banknote may interfere with the security features and reduces its lifespan. Markings on the note may also prevent it from being accepted in the transaction. Furthermore, the Bank of Canada feels that writing and markings on banknotes are inappropriate as they are a symbol of our country and a source of national pride, unquote. And in case you're wondering, Sir Wilfrid Laurier is the person who is on Canada's $5. Bill. And, and what did he do? Yeah, Matt. I don't fucking remember. That's I'm asking you. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why I put I the story on here in the first goddamn place. Ah, you were supposed to be our expert. You're you're our Canadian attaché. I want to say he was a prime minister at one point, like <laughs> kind of like a founding he's, something. He's our ambassador to our, remember. our great <laughs> white north neighbors. Why do I feel you know? Because you're looking at me like... I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> although <laughs> although I'm, I'm thinking to myself, probably nobody in the room can really get a good grip on who Salmon P. Chase was, and he's on the $10,000 bill. So, but he was the secretary of the treasury. Didn't they discontinue? Oh, I forgot, I forgot Kay was in the room fifty yeah. years ago. Everyone knows that motherfucker. Yeah, you know, Jesus. you know what's you really funny. Bill just over there. You know what's oh. really funny? Our Vermonter Matt. 
probably is right now going, oh, my God, he blah, blah. And he's like just like oh, yeah. screaming <laughs> his biography to the to the to the um, the two broke geeks. The two broke geeks. Uh, no MP3 player. Yeah, we didn't end up with the educated Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's funny, though, is they, they that. People have been spocking those bills since it's, before it, Nimoy died. It's yeah. actually kind of old. Yeah, since he passed, though, it's like it's taken off so. They, they say if you want to see one, I'm probably going to be uh, using that as the picture for this episode. So, oh, oh Matt has used his Google foo. Oh, he's. he's I, I was right. He was. Us. He was a prime minister. Yeah. Aha. Okay, uh-huh. 1896 to 1911. There you go. All Very right. Okay. So he's an educated Canadian who's just been hit on the head he's once. Tech too many savvy times. is what he is. <laughs> Tech savvy. I didn't take that into account. I'm sorry. But here you go. Here's a picture of him. So, yeah, look at it. He does look like a Vulcan. You see, it's very Vulcan-esque. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> in an effort to raise money for victims in the tragic Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, several comic book heavyweights are teaming up for a fundraising project called Love is Love. DC Comics and IDW Publishing will team up for a 144-page comic book with the proceeds benefiting Equality Florida and the group's fund to assist those affected in the June 12 attack. Mm. The book will retail for $9.99 include more than 100 stories. Creators participating in the project include Patton Oswalt, Damon Lindelof, Phil Jimenez, Olivier Coppel, and others. The stories will be one to two pages each, which was done to allow more contributors to be involved. The comic is set for release in December. Oh, cool. I was going to say all those uh, fundraising comics are usually terrible, but that sounds like a really good concept. Yeah. 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 I Which, mean, Heroes for Hope, unreadable. Is it? It, it was a food. That a, was the 9 11 one, right? No, that was the uh, USA aid for Food for Africa one. Oh, the, I don't even remember that existed. Yeah. What was it called? Heroes, Heroes for, for Hope. Hope. And was that? X Men. Okay. Yeah. Why was it so bad? Just incoherent? It was preachy and the story was weak as hell. Okay. I'll accept that. Yeah. They did that now and again. Oh, and by the way, Simon P. Chase was also a Chief Justice of the United States. Although I think the $10,000 bill is because he was the Secretary of the Treasury. And the only reason I know Simon P. Chase is because uh, for years, uh, Horseshoe had a a display of a million dollars. Ah, that was a, right. was a wall was a whole bunch of ten thousand dollar bills with Sam and P. Chase on it. So how would you deface Sam and P. Chase? Write to us. Comments at ugly. What? What? What the hell happened? And again, if you and if you know how to load an at an ad at walker and then send it planet side, yeah, let me know too. I'm I'm very curious and I refuse to look it up. Wow, without Paul here to drag it on, we just was <laughs> I know, right? Didn't they discontinue the ten thousand dollar bill like yes, fifty years yes, ago? Yes, they did. Okay. It's it's been a long time. Yeah. Okay. In See, fact, that's, that's why Jeff didn't know, because they discontinued right, it. And he had right. No they were still in circulation it. when I was a young man. <laughs> <laughs> and until next well, week, I am Master Dorgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Oh, fact-checked Andy, I guess. Wow. No, wait. Did you forget Famous your... Paul. No, fact-checked Andy. Damn it! I can't remember what role I'm in. He's just waiting for you to be done. <laughs> 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 Maple Leaf Matt. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week in Geek. I think we, 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 oh. I don't know. Maybe the name should be changed to Step On It, Andy. <laughs> it's just steps on every every moment you may have. Andy's going to step on it. 
joke to play. I'm trying. Are you sure he steps on it or does he stumble over it? (laughs) (laughs) Like every other piece of equipment in this house. Joke to Fleur? No. Joke to Flater. Oh, okay. But I do like that. Choke to Fleur. Choke to Fleur. Choke to Fleur. Tripsy McStumble. Tripsy McStumble. And uh, hey, nerds out there, before it goes away, I think it's only out for a week. Shin Godzilla in specially selected theaters. Uh, look it up on Fandango. They're doing super limited release. Uh, here in Vegas, it's like four or five theaters. It's only on at 7 or 7.30 on any day that it's in the theater. So Wow. Mm. Ah, oh, crap, is. that Thanks reminds for me. Up. I forgot to mention in uh, Geeky Things, I went and saw uh, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. All right, give, yeah. me yeah. give me a quick, oh, give me a quick yeah. hit. Uh, quick rundown, very much a throwback to the, the 66 series, so Todd, you would hate it, of course. Uh, <laughs> but what is uh, really neat about it is they truly reference the series and the movies that have come since. So it's 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 kind of neat. They had all these little Easter eggs in there. So, mm. huh. uh, but yeah, it's, it was a fun it was a fun little animated you know, hour feature. and a half. Yes, animated feature. Isn't Shatner in that? No, uh, it features the voices of Burt Ward and Adam West. Okay, and Julie Newmar. So it, Shatner's it has, not in that one. No, not I not in this one. <laughs> there's one that he's coming up in. Oh, okay, uh, that it's that they're beginning uh, animation on. But uh, no, yeah. You I'm know. still. I actually. I do want to see this one. I'm yeah, so curious about it. Now, this what, was what like. What part is Mariah Carey? Oh, sorry, stepped on it right there. Right there. <laughs> stepped on. <laughs> I got a funny. It's gonna come out whether you're talking or not. <laughs> what were you gonna ask me, Chris? It was. It was just like a special release, or uh, it's 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 it'll available. Be, it'll be it's, video. Yeah, it is available on uh, Blu-ray. I believe next Tuesday. Right. Kind of what uh, they did with Killing. Jim. Yeah, exactly. They they did a, a theatrical screening uh, on Monday. So I went and saw it. And in this one, Julie Newmar has sex with Batman too, right? That's mm, just like no. Killing Joke. No. No. Damn it! Oh. Batman and Robin have sex. Mm. I'm in! Bat sex. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Saucy Fraggerwalk. Saucy Fraggerwalk.